0: Ethan Crane.
1: So this is a podcast discussing our favourite films and what it is about them that really makes us love them. Um, this week we're discussing Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Michael Gondry's 2004 film. And that's Ethan's pick.
0: It is my pick, yes.
1: So what is it? Um, what's your history with this film?
0: So I remember um, the an odd thing about this film coming out was that... Um, as as there are, there's often billboards that are put up for, you know, films beforehand. Mm-hmm. And um it's the first time I remember there being having the writer's name above the film that came out. It had Charlie Kaufman's name above the film. So, so it's a a Michelle Gondry film and then had by Charlie Kaufman next to it as well. And that was an odd thing at the time because um he never got the writer's name put on a poster before. And obviously this was the next thing he did after um Oh, my God, his first... Oh, Being John Malkovich. <laughs> it's yeah, completely yeah, yeah. gone from my mind for a minute. Yes, and, that, you know, that he became famous as the writer of that. And that, that was a really unheard of thing at the time, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, writers did not become famous as the screenwriters but of But I guess Being and...
1: John Malkovich was such an out-there yeah. film, which so therefore highlighted the writer of it, I guess.
0: Yes, yeah. And so I'd, I'd heard about this even before I saw the the, the billboard with Charlie Corpins' name on it. And I really loved being John Malkovich. I thought it was so inventive and it really did sort of like switch me on to Charlie Corbett as a writer. But not only that, I I very much loved Michel Gondry's music videos before this. He did the mm. fantastic music video to Daft Punk's Around the World. Yeah. And a, another one for Chemical Brothers, I've forgotten the name of it. Just so inventive and then particularly his use of physical props and physical movement in his, his videos that is just so, mm. just so lovable really and you you kind of like you can see his artistry just in the making of things where really. you can see how much he's sort of I can always get a feeling of how he's making the thing as he's doing it because you he's the I if anyone's seen him being interviewed he's a very excitable Frenchman with a quite a thick French accent and he's just really excited about everything he's doing and he's even I even remember watching a YouTube video of him which is a very silly thing of him um, looking like he could solve a Rubik's cube with his feet, I have seen. Have this. you seen, yes. seen this video? And he's done. And he's basically filmed it backwards, just by moving it with his feet, and then he got a friend in the background to walk backwards oh, through yes. the doorway, so yeah. that he kind of like tricks you into thinking he's done it forwards, and that kind of gives a feeling of just how silly he is. I think, and his silliness feeds into his art so much. I think. Okay. And so. I really loved his music video, but i I didn't know that he was doing a film with Charlie Kaufman. It was just the prospect of these two working together that really, really like made me excited for this film. So I really okay. wanted to see it before it came out. Plus, it's star Kate Winslet. I've always really liked Kate Winslet as mm. an actress. So Jim Carrey, not so sure about because it was his first serious role, but the combination of what was it, was Win- it um, before
1: Truman Show? Okay, oh, that's good question. A good I don't
0: know. I can't, think it think maybe it was though. maybe you can have a look at look at that just before uh, while I'm talking a little bit more but um so what
1: did you like when you first saw it was it um you know did it affect you
0: yes no it really did and it it's it's one of those um times when you know often you think I really want to I really want to like this film because I really like all the people involved and sometimes you come away from things like that a little bit disappointed because it hasn't quite lived up to your expectations. But this this really lived up to my expectations, like the inventiveness of Michelle Gondry's um directing, particularly the things like the, you know, building the set in the sea and stuff like that. Okay. You know, this yeah. I mean,
1: okay, so we're getting into the the meeting. Sorry, of, yes. I'm not thing, to... But no, no no, I was yeah. just gonna say, what is it? What is it about this film that really gets you?
0: Two reasons really, but they're they're quite separate reasons for um one is my big love of uh, Michelle Gondry and uh, yep. the okay. director and Charlie Kaufman. Okay. And the other is a reason that you're probably quite surprised by, which is, it's kind of quite a romantic film really. And, oh, and, okay. and I, I kind of, I think for reasons we'll get into, it's kind of the sort of like um, romantic film that I really like. I mean, I can think of others like Lost in Translation as well. I think of in a similar, yeah. similar vein, okay. but okay. they but they're about they're about relationships in a way that I don't find most films are about relationships. But I think i you yes. should get onto that bit later. I quite like to start with just talk about the um okay. Michel Gondry and, my, and, and so
1: Michel Gondry. So when you mean that, you mean the sort of style of the film?
0: Yeah, I mean his. his to start with, i'd forgotten kind of like because it starts off quite um in quite a normal fashion. The way you know, we got a long period of just seeing this sort of relationship between. Uh, um, the um, Jim Carrey's character and Kate Winslet's character on the train, you know, and then we mm. we know this eventually is sort of like almost the end of the movie. But it's oh, quite yeah. it's quite a normal kind of film to start with. But yeah, then when you get back is to it, the, yeah, sorry, yeah.
1: is it a completely normal film? Because there's still even in those bits, there's bits that are a little bit odd, a little bit well. For, for a
0: Michelle Gondry film, it's a pretty normal film at that okay. point. You know, it's it's just a, a regular. You know, there, there's some strange bits with Kate Winslet acting a bit bonkers and and. There's sort of like vague hints about the memory thing, but it's not. It hasn't gone full Michelle Gondry at that point. Yeah, okay. And it's and it's when we get to all the to the main, the main sort of bulk of the film of Jim Carrey having his memories raised, which which I'd forgotten is actually almost all the film really in some way. That's when you that's when you you see just Michelle Gondry at his um, inventive best, and I just I'd forgotten all the inventiveness of it, all the things that he has in this film are like a there's bits are particularly like just with the um i don't know they're just driving past the bookstore and you see like out the car window there's like the bookstore falling apart out of the car yes, window okay. all these things falling apart all these little callbacks to and he's obviously just he's, he's just got like mountains of stuff that he does things with and and for anyone you know you recognize all these things from like his um his music videos and stuff that he did as well like the this from the daft punk video around yes, the world and that yeah, sort of thing yeah and so i think i think that i'd forgotten how much i love his films for that and i think what what this film is is an incredible um marriage of Michel gondry's directing style with charlie kaufman's scripts um mm. you know after writing being john balkovich we knew that what he was capable of writing these like incredibly inventive kind of sci-fi not sort not sort of sci-fi but really clever and intelligent scripts and just I think even before the film came out, I remember hearing that Charlie Kaufman and Michelle Gondry were making a film together, and thinking that's got to be good. Whatever whatever comes out of it has got to be, and it was just brilliant, you know. And and somehow, and then as well, it has Kate Winslet, who I love as an actress. I know you think I just fancy her, but actually, I just Mm. think I just love watching her as an actress. Yeah, I mean, I do fancy her as well. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm sure it's the acting.
0: I mean, you, you you like this film as well, though, don't you? I it's do. Not, yeah. I do. I do really I do, much. I didn't choose one you didn't like. No, no, no. no
1: yeah. I, absolutely, I really, really love it. I I find it. I think. Um, so, the first time I watched it was probably a lot of the the the, the Michelle Gondry ish things that caught me. I think this time actually I wasn't so blown away by them, and I think because okay. partly there's um, there's lots of things and I'm you, know, you know reading things about. The techniques of his filming. So, for example, there's a scene, and you know that, um, you know, um, Jim Carrey appears in it twice in in kind of his. Oh, dream where he's stage talking to Tom Wilkinson in the office. Yeah, yeah, at some point where he is like he's looking at himself like within the dream. So he's he's in he's in in two positions, and the camera pans from him in one, and then moves around to Tom Wilkinson, and then again in him in another position. Um, and there was just a small part of me that was just thinking, oh, this is the clever bit. I remember this because I've heard about this and I've heard people talking about this. Well, that was when
0: we watched this. the director's commentary of this, didn't what, we, yeah, before? Yeah, and they were talking about how, yeah, he, how-, how he did that. They swung the camera around. Jim Carrey just changed his outfit, didn't he? So yeah. At, at the other part of Jim Carrey, yeah.
1: But I kind of thought, oh, it's fine. But you know what? They <laughs> could have done it and the split screen. And I don't really, I'm not so into film that I really care, yeah. actually, to be, like, brutally honest. It's fine. And it is kind of clever and neat and, well, oh, that's nice, but... Um, it also slightly took me out of the film because you're watching the film and then you're going into oh it's this scene it's the bit where this happens oh, okay. yeah. and um obviously before I uh, first watched it I didn't really think twice about it either because well, I assumed it was some clever I'm not massively interested in it so yeah. um in yeah, the second time I'm watching it there's a small distraction and there's things I was thinking um because it's sort of famously oh there's lots of really practical effects so there is CGI. Inevitably, there's CGI. There's a little bit of CGI. And then yeah. I find myself thinking, "Oh, is this CGI? Is that Oh, there's new CGI. I thought there's no CGI. i like, oh, of course there's CGI." And having conversations in my head that. Um, so it took you out the film. the yeah. film. But that said, that's yeah. a really small point. Obviously, still, the still style is is beautiful. It's incredibly original, and it's got that exciting feel of this isn't, you know, this is. This is real world, but it's a little bit kinked. It's a little bit odd. Yeah. It's a little bit off. Like it's sort of sci-fi-esque. ish It's taken us to a different reality, which means you can't trust it to be follow any normal rules, which means anything could have happened, yeah. which makes it much more exciting. Um, but the main thing is that it is, as you're saying, like um, yeah, the romance of the yeah. film. Or I actually would counter, I wouldn't, necessarily say romance but we can discuss that later but yeah. certainly the 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 very raw relationship elements yeah. of it
0: yeah but let's get back onto that later because I, would, I actually want to go back to because you were saying it was taking you out the film mm. knowing about some of the practical effects they did I mean, yep. the other one I, I i remembered was that when they were filming the house falling down and it was all full of full of water they yeah. actually built the set in the sea and so that the actors yeah, were moving yeah, around in the yeah. sea whilst they were doing and and although you say, I do understand what you mean about taking out the film, but I actually really enjoyed that again, even though I was looking at it and thinking, oh, they're filming that in the sea, because it reminded me, and as, as I was reminded again when I was reading a bit more up about the film, that so much of it was improvised. And I feel that not only was Michel Gondry improvising as he was making the film mm. as a director, but he gave the, like it was said, he gave the actors a lot of, um, freedom to improvise as well yeah there was a thing yeah. he was saying about how he um how he actually directed his cameramen. he had two cameramen in some of the scenes and he would have them each on an earpiece and he would let the actors go anywhere on on the set that they wanted and he would just tell the cameraman where to go to film them so because he wanted to give the actors as much freedom as possible and it said and said like um even though there's something else we might talk about later is that although he said himself in the director's commentary, that Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet actually didn't have that much chemistry as mm. as actors in the film, but he he let them improvise the scenes as as thinking about a relationships they'd had. So he wanted to make it as real as possible. You know, when they were talking about you know nice nice moments that they'd had in in their own relationships, he wanted to bring that out in the in the film. And so he let them and and some of the other actors as well improvise a lot of a lot of um um. Elijah Woods' lines were improvised, apparently, in the film as well, and and Mark Ruffalo's as well. Mm. You know, the the dance on the bed, I think, was raffalised yes. as well, wasn't it, between him and Kirsten Dunst? Yeah, yeah. 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 I,
1: let's talk about some of the side characters actually a yeah. bit because I I really like them. How delightful the side characters are! And, aren't they? and yeah. I think also probably when I first watched it, Mark Ruffalo was uh, not so. I mean, no, was not known to as well, me, no. but not yeah. obviously the yeah. uh, beer moth that he is now. Well, he
0: was going through his. You never m- recognise Mark Rufflow in a film because he's always so different, yeah. phase, I think, wasn't he? Yeah, he
1: sort of settled into some middle-aged constancy. But yeah. he's. oh, Actually, what I was going to talk about is Elijah Wood's character and yes. his characters, um, what he does, which is yeah. so well, freaking creepy. <laughs>
0: well, it was interesting because Elijah Wood must have been just off Lord of the Rings at this point, because uh, this film is 2004. Good. Okay, so, yeah. That yeah, was in all the very early after. 2000s, wasn't it? I think this is very much an indie film that I'm going to make after making yeah. Lord of the Rings, isn't it? Yeah. yeah.
1: And he's a, a detestable character. He
0: is. Actually, I have to say, Elijah Wood is the one character I have a problem with in this film. Okay. I don't really believe believe his character as much. He looks too young, for one thing, for the part he's playing. I think that's too, just Elijah Wood, is I, But I know he looks too young for, for a guy who Kate Winslet would go for, basically.
1: No, I don't think so. Because Kate Winslet, what well, she's actually, she's in her late 20s, isn't she? Yeah. She'd, she is the sort of character that would go for, you know, would certainly not have a young, you know. A, no. Oh, I'm not going out with somebody a bit younger than me. I think she'd do anything. No, I, yeah, I
0: do, but I I just didn't. I just didn't. I, I don't find his character. I, it was okay. too much Elijah Wood for me, really. Yeah, Okay. which is difficult for him being being Frodo. But there you go. <laughs> yeah, in Lord yeah, of the I, Rose,
1: I, yeah. I didn't. I didn't have that particular problem with him. I just I found his character interesting. What I was going to ask is actually just in the kind of technicalities of the plot. Do you think? Okay, this is um, in the film theory. Why have you got any theories about why is it that Joel? is able to slightly circumvent this process they've got of eliminating his memories, of, of deleting them. When he's under, he's able to sort of realise what's going on and jump into, um, like, you know, he does all these things running around into his deep subconscious. Pulling Kate it, yeah. out of, uh, yep, of have, Which are yeah. brilliant stuff. Yeah. Um, you got any theories about why, why he's able to do that? Because I... Well, well, you have a theory. Oh, well, theory. I think I should hear
0: your theory. <laughs> so it's
1: oh, relating to Patrick. So my theory right. is, is that Patrick... He had sort of seen Patrick, hadn't he? Not quite, but sort of seen him in the bookshop yes. when he goes... And
0: he knocks on the... No, that's later, isn't it? But when yes. he knocks on the window, yeah, yes. seen him in the bookshop, yes.
1: Yeah. Seen him in the bookshop. He hasn't seen his face, yeah. but he has heard his voice. Yes, because yes.
0: there's that bit in the thing where he pulls his rounds and the back of his head keeps reappearing. Yeah, he
1: can't see him and he can't yeah. sort of visualise his face. He's yeah. never had an idea of his face, but he's definitely heard his voice because there's, <laughs> there's some conversation between him and Clementine in Yes. Sometime in the in the in the bookshop, and then he hears when he's asleep, he's able to hear um, hear uh, Patrick say something. I think when he's talking to Clementine on the phone. Yes. Yeah. And the fact that he's saying something and he's saying the same things and that's reminds him and that's a prompt and that is somehow linking himself back to memories and somehow
0: able to give him
1: more uh, control of what's going on.
0: What, what because he's heard Patrick speaking some of his lines that some you, yeah or
1: yes or something like that but so if patrick hadn't been there if he hadn't had him linked in some way to clementine and then heard him at this crucial point then he wouldn't be able then
0: you know the film wouldn't have panned out as it did oh okay so why why do you think that that helps him with the sort of but, abandon- well i think that
1: kind of happens at a key thing that he sort of hears him and then uh it, it, it makes Jim Carrey sort of wake and realize like what's kind of going on. And oh, so it so wakes it, him up a little bit, almost yes. kind of thing, yeah. like
0: it shakes him out of the right. Okay, this is why I
1: think you need Patrick's character there because otherwise what? he's a little bit surplus to. Well, because
0: you think if if that hadn't happened, what would what would have prompted um, Joel to actually want yeah. to his stop this process? Presumably, so yeah. no,
1: the whole thing of him diving into da- deep in his subconscious you know, happens, doesn't happen with other people because yeah. they can normally just, you know, ignore it. But Mark Buffalo yeah. is surprised by all this and, and yes. so is Tom Wilkins when he comes in later to try and sort it out. Yes,
0: I love all the sort of like the the attempted scientific discussion around what's actually going on. I thought that was done really well kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's and that's, fantastic. Because yeah. yeah.
1: obviously, obviously, absolute gump because yeah. of the science of it is so... And it's, it's wonderful. I don't, you know, it just really doesn't matter. It's obviously... Utterly impossible to do something like this You yes. just pinpoint a few key memories and and zap them in some way.
0: This is another lovely um, Michelle Gondry um, touch, I think, is that it's all mm. done in such a lo-fi manner, isn't it? With, yeah, with like tape recorders and yeah. and really old kind of like. I remember in two thousand and
1: four, tape recorders were okay. They were. This is so this weird. is
0: true, but. But even so, the type of computers they were using were like really, yeah. they were using old TVs and stuff, weren't they? And, it seems yeah. even old fashioned, even for the yeah. time. Yeah.
1: And um, yeah, and because of its kind of yeah quaint lo-fineness, you sort of accept the fact that it's obviously kind of
0: bunk. Yes, and, and even their office that they run out of, and it's pretty shabby, isn't it? It's, yeah. not like, it's yeah. nothing like yeah. a sort of clean clinical place no, or anything. It thing. would be obviously but, yeah.
1: the absolute cutting edge. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's quite wonderful.
0: Well, what's great is that it gives you this idea that in this world, there's maybe like, you know, one of these on every street corner or something doing this kind of... Uh, I have of no thing.
1: idea. You don't know if it's really common no. or, or if it's... But, I mean, and obviously the other thing is if once you start thinking things through, it could never work. You could never, you know, just having cards sent out to people and saying, please don't mention this to somebody. Um, the impossibility of, of everything being anyway, it, it yes, aiming. doesn't but really somehow, I think somehow...
0: It's it's very much to Charlie Crawford and Michelle Gondry's credit that the way they set it up by making it lo-fi and making it, you know, it, it look like a sort of just like a doctor's outfit or whatever, mm. is you kind of don't mind about any of the stuff about it not working. I think if it was more high tech, like I think we had a lot more problem with something like when you're watching a film like Face Off and you're thinking this would never work kind uh, of thing. That. Yeah, That's because it's made to be all high tech and like the, the surgery done to remove faces and change faces around. Yeah, this is yeah. kind
1: of doing a bit of hand waving and saying, hi, yeah. oh, this is bollocks, obviously. But yeah. just go with it. This is a cool yeah. concept. And let, let's just because the idea, you know, it's the yeah. concepts that are so interesting.
0: While you're talking about the um, the concept of handing out cards to people um, mm. and saying, what was it saying? Um, Joel Barish wants to forget Clementine. Kachansky, Kuch- yep. whatever it is, please never mention them in their presence again. Apparently, did you read that that was the origin of the entire story? Was um, yeah, yeah. So there's another guy. We've
1: both been reading the trivia, and I. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: So there's another guy, Pierre, someone I've forgotten who wrote the, the original story with um, with uh, Michel Gondry. That was his original idea. He just pitched his idea to Michel-, Michel Gondry, saying, "What would happen? What if someone gave you a card like that? What would you think?" Kind of thing. And and they. With Charlie Kaufman, they built the story from there, really. But I, but I love the idea of that being the starting point of the story as well. Somehow you can imagine, like, you know, the, sort of the excitable character of Michelle Gondry, as I imagine him jumping around the room, thinking about the consequences <laughs> of this of this storyline, and Charlie Kaufman just taking the ideas and spinning them all over the place. I love that idea of the, being the beginning of it. Yeah. But you were, you were just saying something ago about the um, about the side characters that I mentioned, mm. about the, the side character. And, uh, other thing what you what were you going to say about the other side characters
1: mm, oh okay well um so mostly elijah wood is is shockingly sleazy um yeah. also kind of want to make the point that also like just the fact his uh behavior to clementine is so so deeply unethical isn't it yes. so that he's doing this thing he's really sort of taking advantage of her her vulnerable damaged state and manipulating all this um information he's got on her in order to well, you know, at least have sex with her, maybe have you a know, relationship yes. with her, whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, and he steals her underwear. Yes. You know, which is gross. Which he admits to at the beginning. Which is really, really gross. Yeah. And and the other thing, you have to say, he tells Mark Ruffalo this, he admits this Mark Ruffalo, and his character. What is Mark Ruffalo's character called? Stan. Stan. Yeah. Stan just doesn't cool him up on it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> In this post kind of modern area, then you're kind of, you're expecting guys to cool up.
0: Well, he does oh, call right. him up a little bit, and then he laughs about it, doesn't he? Yeah, he sort of like yeah, yeah, he half yeah, yeah, calls yeah. him up on it. He kind it's, of goes,
1: "What were you doing?" That's really, yeah, it's Really, it all it all. and then he laughs. Yeah. Also, in it uh, ineffectuality. I like Stan as a character, yeah. but his uh, another point where he sort of like does a pretty pathetic kind of trying to back another guy. I guess to some extent is when Tom Wilkinson is um, sort of in in close embrace with Consoling Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst, Dunst yeah um and Tom Wilkinson's wife appears he he really obviously knocks the horn yes. which just doesn't help at all no but um quite kind of shows his his character to be a bit um, Tom of,
0: Wilkinson and Kirsten Dunst weren't actually kissing or anything at that point to the window. He was just kind of consoling her, wasn't he?
1: They yes. look very intimate. Um, yeah. Obviously, uh, to, obviously, Tom
0: Wilkinson's wife, it looks terrible.
1: And which. Tom Wilkinson's wife knows that they have a history. So this is Yeah, they've had an affair. Yeah. At least once, probably once before as far as i know Yeah, at aware. least once before.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Which is, that's a, a really good twist as well. Yes, it
0: was really good. And the way that they, they wound the stories together was really clever, I thought. Yeah. There's like, the sort of three different stories in some ways, isn't there? Yeah. There's the Kirsten Dunst and Tom Wilkinson's story, and then there's the. There's
1: a great pleasure in watching it again and knowing everything, so it's not um, quite so breathlessly difficult to kind of know what's going on. I think it's pretty yeah. confusing the first time I watched it.
0: I think that's the third time I've watched it, and I think I now I, uh, knew everything that was yeah, going on. Quite the comfortable okay. viewing it. Yeah.
1: I love watching Kirsten Dunst beforehand and her kind of on oh, her terrible kind of. Uh, love of john wilkinson's character it's sycophantic nonsense. oh yes. Yeah. Oh, it's so brilliant. brilliant yeah and it's amazing what you're doing and 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 the way she gets all tongue-tied and quotes um alexander pope as pope alexander <laughs> yes. and, and and yeah and she's really lovely and beautiful and bouncy but yeah it gets so stoned i've forgotten that they got so drunk <laughs> yeah. and stoned which was um, yeah. seems a bit sort of uh, when you when you're Carefully doing yeah. controlled brain damage. I did have to some, something to
0: say about the ethics of their working practices. Yeah. When they're going to someone's flat and they essentially like drink their booze. And, like, and yeah. well, the
1: great thing, of course, they can because they won't remember stuff. No. So that's a real key element. of Do you think part of it is no.
0: they remove the memories of them half wrecking their flat that night as well, making them think that they did it themselves.
1: <laughs> Ooh, well, there won't be any memories to remove.
0: That's No, that's true. So, but, but, but isn't... But, isn't, it, isn't um. Joel's going to wake up the next morning and find that his, half his whiskey's gone and, like, his and he bed does is quite a mess. He does, like,
1: but he won't have any... Well, why would you imagine anybody's been there? And also yeah. the idea is that there's some sort of controlled brain damage going on, so he's got a hangover-like feel, so...
0: Yes, I really I'm like, like that line. Them. There's a line in there, something isn't yes. there about the brain damage, Well, wasn't technically it? what we're doing is brain damage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it all <will> i <fail. laughs> um, Just going back to Elijah Wood for a second, mm-hmm. um, how do you imagine the film would have been different if you'd had some other actor playing the role, someone not nearly as sort of like, friendly, who was a bit of sleazeball. Imagine you, uh, let's see, who who might have purposefully you... Purposefully sleazy. Purposefully kind of. sleazy person playing uh, playing that, um, because it was a really sleazy role, like you say. How oh, so that, you
1: think the problem was that Elijah Wood is insufficiently sleazy? Well, I was
0: wondering how the film would have felt if you had had someone playing that, I mean, really almost anyone would have played that a little bit sleazier than Elijah Wood did, I think.
1: He's really sleazy.
0: He is, but he's so wholesome looking and so young looking that kind of you no. can't really believe it of him somehow well, i
1: don't i don't know i don't know i don't i don't like forgive him because he he looks all frodo eyes i oh, still think you see well
0: that's kind of what i i wasn't forgiving him but i was kind of like thinking he was just sort of You're out of his depth and not knowing what he's doing well, that sounds like forgiving him but um oh i don't know what
1: he's doing <laughs> it's always the ring
0: well, do you not know think if it had been um, let's say it had been um I do think someone someone who's really good at playing sleazy actors, it uh, would it be?
1: What? Uh, I don't
0: know, a young Mickey Rourke playing the role.
1: Okay, would <laughs> be a bit weird. Yeah. Um, I, I don't the thing is, I didn't really interpret it. I did just think of him as sleazy. Okay. I, I didn't, I mean, yeah, yeah, okay, so he could be a sleazy character, but I, I I took him as pretty sleazy, so... Um, yeah I don't know I think I possibly viewed his actions in a lot more sleazy uh, now than when I first watched it right which yes. is my kind of point yeah Um. so do you want to talk about so can I say what I, why I like it yes as well yeah because um, I well I think I suppose the thing is you're talking about it being romantic maybe it is I think maybe what we need to do is define what North romantic means yeah but for the most part when we talk about romance, we talk about, well, what does it mean? So you you was talking about the kind of relationships and people getting together is, is the classic rom-com thing, or maybe back together or something like that. But you're talking about beginnings and this is showing, well, ends of relationships, but also the middles of relationships yeah. as well. And there's lots of bits which are really just sort of, Mm, well, the, the 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 one scene I really loved, actually, I really remember just as kind of an example of it, of just a couple being, you know, having an issue, but talking about it and kind of being supportive of each Which other. Which scene are you talking about? So it's the one where it's obviously within the dream world and it's where Clementine is sitting on a kind of uh, a big log. And her hair is in pigtails. And just when she's obviously, she's understanding about this whole process. And she's saying, well, why don't you just call it off? Why don't you just end it or something like this? And he's like saying, it's not so easy. I can't just wake up. He does this thing trying to wake up and not. And and she's sort of saying, well, you know, you don't know why he did this. And then he says well, you're the one that raised me, first of all. Yeah. And she does this really nice thing with her hands where she's just going, I don't know, you know, waving them a little bit in a kind of, you know. Well, it's just me, I'm a little I'm bit really, impulsive. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little bit impulsive, I'm a little bit silly. Um, what can I say? And then doing that, kind of looking at him in a kind of cute kitteny way, you know. And it just seemed, um, I know, just thought that's lovely. That just seemed to be a picture of, a very real thing in relationships where you do sort yeah. of just want to need to apologize or something like that it felt and he he sort of accepts her apology as well that felt felt like shockingly i haven't can't think of many other things where i've seen that kind of
0: uh honesty and, yeah, yeah, and gen- genuine sort of moment in relationship, relationship. Yeah. kind of uh, relationship yeah. moments because this has a lot of moments of as well as um ah. there, are they being honest moments you know about relationship about how how relationships work, i mean it has a lot of, sort of lovely moments about relationships as well obviously because these are the moments that joel's are raising yeah. aren't they they're all here and this one particular one where i think they're just and they're just lying under an eider down or mm-hmm. something talking mm-hmm. to and He's no, or oh, not this one please not this one i want to keep this yeah. one and and you think and it's just it's just gorgeous to look back through he's just looking back all through all through the really nice points of their relationship like just when they're in the middle of New York and looking looking at all the elephants and st- yeah. uh, stuff on that parade, and um, and another another lovely moments, just for, um, well like the one like the yeah like the one under the Eiderdown and the ones where it's sitting, even even the one sitting in the woods is kind of a nice memory in some ways, isn't it? But then there are some shockingly painful ones to watch as well. Like the one that really sticks in my mind is when. They're walking through a market, and mm. uh, Clementine sees a baby and mm. and um she says to him, "I want a baby and he says or something like that. It, shouldn't uh, maybe maybe we need to wait a while and yeah and then he says something about do you think you're ready to be a mother and it really pisses her off, and just the pain of watching somebody say something that they haven't really thought is going to be really like upsetting to the other person and that sort of. Yeah, like you don't see that happen in films very often as well. So although I think this is what we're talking about, isn't about why this is kind of a romantic film that I really like is because it's not soppy, really, is it, in in many ways? So when we
1: say it's a romantic film, it's a film about two people really sadly breaking apart inevitably and viewing it themselves. Possibly getting back together, but 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 even so... You have this um, not a great sense of positiveness about it. you know no. it's about the failure of a relationship
0: and and um possibly you read as well that the original ending of the film was yeah, that yeah. um you get Clementine as an old woman going back into the lacuna once again because. They've both erased each other countless times over their lifetime, which is a much sadder ending in some ways, really, isn't it, than the one we have? We see, we see hope and possibility with the one that we have. Yeah, and I think I, it's a better ending. I it. also
1: it's, think that would have been just a tiny bit trite, doing that. Kind of, yeah, a bit too tidy and too neat. To have and
0: it this made kind it a bit thing. too sci-fi as well, somehow. Yeah, a little bit, and yeah. therefore
1: you'd have l- lacked. Then it becomes like a clever little sci-fi short story.
0: It would have been a Black but, Mirror, really, wouldn't it, or something yeah. rather than a. Rather than the film that was about, it's more about the romantic relationship than about the sci-fi. I think because it yeah. does
1: really ask you, make you think about some questions about, um, you know, what what's, what, what, why do people stay in relationships and, and what's it worth? Yeah. I, I wanted, I just wanted, to, I just wanted to point out, you know, the things you're saying about Joel, saying about, do you think you're really, you know, ready to be a mum? Yeah. I was kind of making a list of other things, that was the main thing about the things he said to her that are just so so horrible as well. Right, yes. What the, the other things? one was, you know, when she comes back in, um, it's like his most recent memory of her. She's come back in and she said, oh, you think I bet you're just wondering if I've slept with somebody. And He yeah. says, no, I assumed you've slept with somebody because that's what you do to get people to like you. Yes,
0: that's an awful mm. thing to say.
1: Really, really horrible. Yeah. Um, and the Did, other thing, yeah. oh, the other one, there was something about, hang on. Oh, yeah. Constantly talking isn't necessarily communicating, which I thought was also pretty cutting. Yes. It's like, we nah, 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 nah. do go on and on, on and on talk shit, but yeah. that's not communicating. Yeah. Um, so, who?
0: I mean, if you if you were going to sort of have to call out the relationship of, of, of on what we've seen, basically, did, were you really kind of slightly feeling it was more Joel's fault that, that, that it was a Turned bad.
1: Or... Obviously, Clementina's is a uh, a difficult character, isn't she?
0: Yes, I mean coming back drunk, having wrapped his car around the post, and not really saying sorry was not you very know, just good. saying sorry <laughs> yeah. and just
1: driving, driving any, you know, driving anything drunk is is pretty dangerous, and you wouldn't want yeah. your partner to do that because you'd worry about them and worry yeah. about to fuck your car up. But um, but uh, you do. Joel does come out with the nasty things to her, and those and there's lots of very nasty things on the tape. That's a really cutting moment when you're oh, listening the, to this the is tapes. tapes
0: at the end, and I yeah, I'm not sure that she would have insisted that he that he listened to the rest of it. I think but, it, it would have stopped it. So this is yeah. when
1: they they've got they sent a tape, which is how they just you know they, they they record the tape when they go to Lacuna about their main memories and their main issues about something. So he's heard her say. Well, he's he's boring. Yes. That's about the only thing that you ever hear Clementine say about Joel Really, yeah. it's a pretty nasty thing to say about anybody. But, but it's that's... not
0: the worst thing to say about. Somebody. I mean, you could yeah. plenty of people might say that about someone when they're at the end of their relationship. Yeah.
1: But she's he says lots of things about her not being very bright. She's not really very well educated. He's embarrassed in front of his friends and the things that she says. Yeah, and she's got no character. She, she reads
0: can... magazines and he reads books. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: which is really damning. And yeah. he and she this thing oh her
0: hair is stupid
1: hair yeah I love it and he's saying I love your hair <laughs> yeah. but that's a wonderful thing to just think these things that we think you know we get to know somebody you fall in love with somebody and you think oh it's really cute how they
0: um,
1: um I don't know how they
0: well how they put put their hair up or whatever yeah, yeah
1: I was going to say like, like moan about oh, fucking take their put their shoes away actually I never thought that was cute ever <laughs> You so. I thought this maybe, wasn't going to get too personal. This uh, no, this podcast. You know, there you go. Yeah, I can't think of anything. But I imagine that maybe you found my untidiness cute at some point, and now it's just a constant drain on your energy. But you deal with it, okay? <laughs> to be
0: to be fair so. to people, we 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 get around that as fine, is not it?
1: Yeah, sure. No, it is fine. But it's quite nice to see. Something of a you know, a real you know, real issue in people's relationships being shown in, in to some extent, you know, yeah. that you have that, but just the idea that you could go back to your young self and and oh, fuck, it would ruin your relationship, wouldn't it? If if you if you if you jumped into somebody's first date when you're all a bit bouncy and excited and like, what could happen? What could happen? And you'd be like, oh, he's gonna like moan. Like, do, you, do you know any idea how how many times he complained to you about? this or that or the other or
0: what do you think what if they start this relationship up again that with the knowledge of those tapes that they've made the knowledge of how they found the relationship before that you think that's that means a relationship can never work
1: um i think it makes it quite a lot harder yes
0: i mean you're basically you're you're killing the magic before it started really aren't you yeah so the kind
1: of cute shiny period yeah they're going to be thinking this is obviously something that will come up so it's there it's going to be looming it's does make it a lot harder
0: and yet although you say that about you know the sort of like doomy prospects for their relationship the second time around it's not really the feeling i come away with at the end of the film somehow somehow i come away with kind of quite a warm glow about the film even despite the sort of you know sort of pessimism about it how do you feel about it sort of at the end of it
1: oh I think I'd go straight for the bittersweet feeling. Um, <laughs> it's a straight, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, it, it's sort of delicious. And you, you desperately, you know, we always want our protagonist to be happy. And you think could be happy. Although big part of me questions, you know, they're really different people. I don't know. They've got a kind of... They didn't seem like an ideal couple, really, no, did they? No, they yeah. like... They, they like their moroseness. Oh, another thing I wanted to talk about, which I slightly feel a bit of a cheat talking about because I heard, um, you know, I've read a couple of people discussing this, but I do think it's a real positive about the film is the kind of you know the trope of the manic pixie dream girl thing. Right. Which yes. He said a lot of Explain the manic pixie dream. So girl. The manic pixie dream girl is oh, some chap. I, oh, I do some lazy internet research as I speak to. but he sort of came up with that. You know the sort of woman who's the um, cutesy, um, uh, the, the famous one was Natalie Portman, another another one of her favourites, in Garden State. Right, yes. Yeah, you know, the sort of indie film. Um, I often thought was of, like, Barbara Streisand in What's Up, Doc? Have you watched that? I haven't seen that. Uh, a classic. It's a what? good one if yeah. you like stunts in San Francisco, I think. Anyway, but it's the sort of woman who's like kind of wacky and, and a really kind of straight, so I'm going to talk quietly because it's they don't no, keep people awake. Um and the, the really straight male character who intersects with this wacky girl kind of thing. Yes. she's interesting and she's a lot better than a really really boring female character, I guess. Who... But
0: it became a bit of a trope, and you saw a lot sure, of early two thousands right. films where you had a character a bit yeah, like this. Yeah. yeah,
1: And now apparently it's a cliche to even. Cr- Discuss the trope, thing or whatever. <laughs> so, but, Kate Winslet but, in this would be an example of that. She is very much so, but then you know she also says at some point, "Look, I'm not a concept. Yeah, I'm I'm just me, and I'm not going to save you. I'm not. Yeah, and this is written before the trope even, you know, was a thing. So it's not, oh, it, it's not like the writing is, oh, we've got to make sure that we don't fall into this uh, particular yeah. uh, issue, and you know, we've got to counter it. it you know, they're, they're they're writing her as a as a, as a full and rounded yeah a bit eccentric but also very much a real person a real person with real issues and needs and concerns yeah. and with difficulties in, in, a, in a relationship um
0: actually i think i think kate winslet as an actress plays the p- part of her really well because of that because she does come across as that sort of person does not she yeah. someone with these sort of quirks but, but. at the same time quite real and earthy sort of person yeah and i really
1: believe her when she when you see her with elijah wood how she's really beginning to lose it a bit yeah when she's sort of
0: he's there at her flat and she's like oh you just fuck off yeah yeah Yeah.
1: i know i love her she's really great she's a really strong character she's uh yeah i think she's a really interesting character. oh uh, other side characters the couple that Joel goes his friends. Oh yes, um, they are a they, brilliant type couple. <laughs> yeah. friend, I mean, they're hardly in it. Is it Rob and Carrie? I think
0: so. These you know are the friends that? that Joel goes to to sign of first, really, at the beginning of the film, isn't it? To to well, when he's first found out that um, Clementine's arranged yeah. him, yeah. and they and the what are they called sorry, the friends Rob and Rob Carrie. So Rob actually am, right? admits to Joel, doesn't he, that he's received one of the notes saying that he should never mention. And yep. Clementine in Joel's presence yep, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And then his wife's really like, oh,
0: I can't believe you did
1: that. Yeah, they're,
0: I mean, they're a really poor example of a good relationship, aren't they? Always bickering. They are, and... they are a
1: horrible relationship. I yeah. what I don't like is the fact that the house is really messy, and I think that's supposed to signify that they have a bad relationship. <laughs> right. But I mean, that's my is this, paranoia. Is this
0: going to be a, a, a significant point that you bring up in each of our podcasts?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Go.
0: Going back to just going back to the. Um, what we were saying about, you know, it's uh, it's it's a film that ends on a little bit of a downer, really. It's sort of not particularly Mm. optimistic about the relationship. But I think the reason why you come away from it feeling so um, sort of warm, with warm glow about the film is because it depicts so many sort of... Lovely moments in the relationship. Yeah, like I mean, the the ends and the very last scene, isn't it, is of the two of them just running through the snow in in Montauk, where mm. they where they first met, which is obviously a harking back to the first day that they met. But just the just the scene of again in Montauk, the first day they met when they're there with Rob and Carrie, they go to yeah, the party yeah. there, and Joel's sitting on his own, and um, Clementine comes to talk to him, and then they end up walking on the beach and going in the house just those moments of when you're first getting together with someone and you're not sure how it's going. And and even that bit doesn't go particularly well for him because he runs away, doesn't it? Mm. But you can see the sort of slight connection that they have with each other. And, and, and just, just remembering the sort of first instances of getting together with someone is just a very, pleasant things to remember somehow isn't it so I think that's they they hit on a lot of those and
1: I think it does it yeah it does definitely if you've been in a long-term relationship it will definitely make you remember those and and also it makes you think of course it's a film that makes you think would I do this you know if this was an option it makes you question that would you do what sorry would you have somebody else's memory you know would you have the memory of somebody else removed from your brain if it was an option uh, yes, you would. Um, well, no,
0: no, no, yes, I would. I don't think I would because we've been together for such a long time. I wouldn't have any memory left. There would be, that. yeah, <laughs> that, yes,
1: that, yeah. They never talk about that. They never, yeah. anyway. Obviously, it doesn't. It doesn't cover every option. Yeah. But well, I mean, you know, that's what an incredible concept about would you, you know, losing something or. Uh, I think by the time you get to a certain point in life, you do think, well, you know, something has made me grow. But certainly relationships I've had, you know, short relationships that have, have ended and then left me upset. And I think I might have been tempted possibly to, if I could wave something and make it all go away.
0: So you don't think the experience of any relationship is kind of beneficial, you know? Uh, I mean, obviously not one if it was absolutely terrible and it was really bad for you, but. No, no, of course you, I think it is yeah.
1: beneficial, but. It would also be tempting when you're feeling really sad and low to just make it all. So I think this,
0: mind. this whole, um, organization, lacuna, I think is a terrible idea really, because people are going to impulsively go at the end of a relation. Whereas if they yeah. just left it a little while, maybe they'd yes. see that yeah, this yeah. was actually an okay thing to happen. to. But
1: you. it also reminds me, and I always oh, I research what it was. I'm sure it was on a, this American life podcast. Um, Somebody talking about a condition where you have such an incredibly acute memory. Yes. A memory that. to that. Yes, yeah. and it, your memory never loses any detail whatsoever. And It's very rare. Is mm-hmm. people have like astonishing? They could remember, oh, what they were doing on 18th of August, uh, you know, 1992 or something like that, um, with perfect as as good a clarity as you could remember. As what if it doing was yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. Um and. Very sad case of a woman whose husband had died, and she was just simply in that moment of instant grief after his death because nothing faded for her yeah, um you know this i mean this is something we do have mild brain damage that happens to us as well, we age
0: and and we we need to i think it's part of the human condition really to for our memories to fade as well, isn't it because yeah. if they didn't like you say that woman was in really rather a bad state because of it yeah i mean this is this is something isn't it like we to have this to have this kind of you know um, operation done to have all these memories removed it's something that happens to you over time anyway really isn't it mm. i mean the, these memories will they won't disappear completely but they would disappear to enough of an extent that you can carry on with your fuzzy life.
1: fuzzy and remove from their emotional yes, meaning
0: unless you're one of these people who remembers yeah. everything so absolutely yeah mm. but yeah.
1: yeah but it's yeah it is a beautiful film and no so yeah, but yeah you find it romantic
0: I do, yes. And as as we say, that's kind of quite unusual for me it's in some ways. Unusual for you, because yeah. you're not, yeah.
1: certainly, yeah, you're not a rom-com kind of a guy. I'm
0: not a rom-com kind of a guy. It's interesting to think why this isn't a rom-com, because it's quite funny and it's, it's a romantic film, but um, it just doesn't, it's just doesn't, it's not schmaltzy, it's not it's not kind of unrealistic yeah. as well. For, it's
1: yeah. completely different. A rom-com yeah. serves a completely different purpose. I don't think yeah. it's really... I think it would be... Um, I don't think it's fair to rom-coms or to this film to compare them in the same category. Although I think it would be a bit insulted.
0: No, but I think a lot of people who like romantic comedies would also like this film as well, for some of the reasons we've been talking about, because, yeah. it's, because it's reminiscent of some of the you know, the delightful points of relationships. So
1: do you think there's a value in romantic films?
0: In rom-coms? No, I'm just saying romantic films. What, Like this one?
1: Uh, I'm just saying
0: romance. (laughs) Is there a value in romantic films, you said?
1: Uh, Romantic films, okay. And I might broaden that to romantic things generally. Yes, I do. Okay. I feel this might be trailing into a different area that we probably won't discuss after the end of the podcast. It doesn't really relate that much. And it would take forever to get to the bottom Anyway, yes. okay. Actually, one else,
0: one well, one last thing I wanted to wanted to say um, about it really was that I don't I'm not sure that um, Michelle Gondry and Charlie Kaufman actually mean us to delve too deeply into the romantic side of the relationship. I think their their intention with the film was much more playful in some ways. You know, they I think that's just their their style. That they're almost there, sort of just riffing on the improvisation of the script and of the direction in in many ways. And the and the fact it came out as this sort of beautiful story as well, I think, is not you... secondary to them. But it, it's not it's not the only thing they're interested in. So you when
1: know. I mean, you said why well, you liked it, you said the two things. So you yes, the the sort of. Uh... Kaufman Stroke, um Gondry style, and yeah. and then this this romance, which, yeah. which for me, and then that's you know that this 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 the heart of it is the relationship thing. um But you think for them, their starry thing and the cleverness was way more important, and then they just kind of happened to have this.
0: No, no, that's a bit unfair. To them, I think. I, I mean, if you think of like being John Malkovich, and you think of like, I mean, being John Malkovich doesn't really have any meaning, does it? That no. film? It's just it's just inventive and fun and the and you're kind of almost you're yes. enjoying Charlie Kaufman's imagine, imaginative riffs yeah. really in some ways aren't you and and very much so with um I think some of Michelle Gondry's other films as well like Be Kind Rewind I think of like yeah I, I mean no it's not very well liked film is but I love it just for the um just for the premise of it really for if you haven't seen it Be Kind Rewind is about two guys that run a video store and all the tapes get destroyed and they, they realise they're going to, they, they decide they're going to remake all the films on their own in a lo-fi manner in order yes. to replace the tapes, which is just again, delightful. Again, to, it's yeah, but it's, but it's the Michel Gondry delightfulness, I think, that, but it does happen, this film does happen to have a much deeper undertone, much more than any other films, I think. Actually, the reason why I think, the reason why I don't want to say Michel Gondry's just flippant and wasn't didn't have some deeper meaning of this is because there's one more thing I remember from the, uh, from the DVD commentary, which is do you remember there's a part in, um, in the bookstore where it's another of the dream scenes where um, Joel and Clementine know they're both in in a, in a um, dream. And at some point Clementine just sort of sympathizes with Joel and she just goes, Oh, and she touches him on the cheek. And I remember Michelle Gondry saying, when they when he was filming that, it was a point where he'd just split up with his girlfriend, and he said that the look that Kate Winslet gives to Jim Carrey absolutely floored him at the time, and he just yes. couldn't, almost couldn't bear to watch it. <laughs> yeah. so I think maybe we're doing him quite a disservice to say that uh, it's yeah. not um, not you know not a film that's about sort of romantic relationships with him as well. Cause-
1: you know? I was thinking as well, just kind of finishing this off. I off. Because what we're doing, we're talking about films and we're basically sort of trying to work out some kind of algorithm for what makes the perfect or, or, film. Or for us, but anyway, yeah. why we love them. Yeah. yeah, for us. Let's just limit it to what for <laughs> us because it's probably a bit tricky sending it to the universe. But um, And one of the things, obviously cleverness and inventiveness and, um, well, there are many, many things that are, you know, originality and but there's always um for anything tv or film or whatever there's some sort of difficult to define heart thing that just makes you just love something and feel warm to it um and this maybe applies to books i know there's some books that we feel a bit different about like um wall creeper that yes nothing yeah. I know you love that book, and I just feel it's got some vague lack of heart for me. Yeah, so I know, I, I know okay, what you mean. Which yeah. we're, uh, that's yeah. you know, an obscure reference, but anyway, sometimes I did, there's something, and then there's, and, and Eternal Sunshine's Box mine. does have that heart. Does have that heart, of, yeah. yeah. So lots of, you know, a good nine out of 10 for that. Yeah. Um, I may need to get a more complex algorithm, but um, as well as a brilliance and originality and yeah, romance. With but you're saying
0: you're saying that maybe we'll look at the other films we do in this podcast. Is does it, ha- it does it need to have heart in order to qualify as a yeah. really good film?
1: I'm yeah. not even sure. I think you need. I need to sort of think more about what that even means or how we could possibly quantify it. But yeah. there are films where you just you think this is this is brilliant and rather love this film, but yeah, you just couldn't I couldn't. I don't know. Is it like wanting to hang out with the characters? Is it just feeling some warmth towards the characters, or just warmth towards the feelings of it? But um, say, I don't know. In Bruges is.
0: In Bruges, Colin Farrell, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no heart, <laughs> No, yeah. no heart really. Yeah, to so that sort of thing. Yeah. And
1: what was the most recent film that guy did?
0: Oh, it was Three Billboards um, outside. I think Missouri was good. Yeah, that had a lot more heart. That had felt, a lot actually. more heart. I yeah.
1: think he's. I think he's. I think he's doing well. Yeah. <laughs> well done, him.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, so moving on to the question we always ask: If you were a single gentleman and uh you were thinking about a mate, would this film make the girlfriend boyfriend test? So therefore, would you say you wouldn't go out with somebody unless they like this film?
0: I think this is a girlfriend boyfriend test this film for me because and not not because I would be disappointed if they didn't like it so much as I I think this shows would show whether you're likely to last in a long-term relationship with this person because it shows about the complexity of relationships really and the, the the difficulties in some ways and that it's sort of like, as I've mentioned in for other films, and mentioned to you before, it's a sort of like anti-romantic film in a way. In that there is, it is quite a romantic film, as we, as we said before, but not in your traditional way. I think it, it help it helps you see the pitfalls in relationships and how these pitfalls might be, you might get into them, without really any fault on either side in some ways. But the difficulties, and it's not, it's not like love will conquer all which is kind of like a romantic side of things it doesn't really work like that and I think this film shows you that so you mean you think
1: this is maybe the ultimate this is a really pragmatic you're not talking about oh you've got the same sort of taste as me you're talking about this is a little bit of a roadmap. (laughs) yes and are you are you okay with that because this is how I see it
0: yeah maybe I am I hadn't really thought of it like that but I think that is what I'm saying yeah because it's saying if you can't handle the fact that relationships are difficult like this then I'm not sure we can be in a relationship. I think that's that's. I think this is probably the most fundamental of the girlfriend boyfriend test in this series.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah no. 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 Yeah. Do you I, understand I what I mean? That. About that? Yes. Well. Yeah. 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 That's, oh, oh I
0: good. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And also, I hope you understand that because we are in a relationship, and otherwise, yes. that won't really work, yeah. will it? Yeah. Um.
1: Yeah. No. No. I, yeah. It is a very accurate wow well, i mean it's it's an unusual relationship, isn't it? but yeah, it is a good representation of how things can go awry and and, and the likelihood of things going wrong as well sometimes yeah
0: and and also the um the point about like you know there's the such painful part at the end, isn't it, where they both have to listen to the tapes that each other's made about the other person, and that i mean that doesn't really happen to people in relationships very much, but you kind of think.
1: Yeah, if but you can a, get
0: past that point, if you can actually hear what someone says like that and still find how well you should be together, that's... That's
1: difficult that's, part and yeah. I'm hesitant to even go there, but it's that thing of when somebody else is insulting and rude and realising that that's an aspect of a relationship that sometimes you don't necessarily want to hang out with somebody or... You don't want to be the, you know, you are in an angry state with them and you are saying, upsetting things to them and that's still okay.
0: Yes, and you can get past that as well. Yes. Yeah, okay. and come back from that. Yeah. I think let's leave that there. I think maybe let's leave that yeah. there. Yes.
1: <laughs> so as teachers... we would be can...
0: quite bad if we just cut the podcast off there, wasn't it? That was the end of the series. Yeah, yeah that's it.
1: <laughs> that's fake. Um, so as we always ask... And as we used to be written on our children's homework, even better
0: if. So is there anything about this film we would change to improve it? Well, I have to say, I've always had a slight question mark over Jim Carrey in in this film. I think if he I, I really I do really like him in it. I don't think his performance is bad in any way, but I wonder.
1: 1998. If... Sorry, that's oh. when The Truman Show came out.
0: Right. So he was in The Truman Show, another serious
1: Yes, as you say. So, yeah. which I think was pretty good evidence of his acting chops. I think it, yes. this is like t- moving on a little bit because there is something comic. I mean, there's something quite comic about the premise of the Truman Show. The Truman Show could have really been played a comedy, whereas this could never quite be.
0: And he does some Jim Carrey comic moments in um, The Truman Show, which aren't yeah. in evidence here. He does, there's none of that in this. No, in he this has to be really,
1: really quiet.
0: Yes. And I, I think I could have seen other actors in the Jim Carrey role, and it would have been just as good, if not better. I would, I, I would have liked to more. I think another series. I actually think I could have seen Mark Ruffalo in, in you know, even though he's playing one of the other roles in this film, but I could have seen him playing the, the main role in this yeah. film. Yeah. You don't want someone who's really good Is he looking. Too
1: young at that point, Mark Ruffalo.
0: No, I don't think so. No, he was in films like that really good film, You Can Count On Me, which is not very widely seen. I might put it on the second series. It's it's, it's a really good film. No, but he was... Yeah, he's quite a good-looking guy. Well, you can see how old he is. He's one of the the supporting roles in this film, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, 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 I I, I could go for that, actually. I mean, I wasn't... I, I, I like Jim Carrey in this role, and somehow there's part of me that's quite... just personally quite likes Jim Carrey, and I quite... It's almost like I like it and that, oh, that's nice. It gave him some development, you know? Yeah. But I could see that. I could see that Mark yeah. Ruffalo would be... You are watching him going, oh, wow, it's Jim Carrey and he's actually quite good at acting seriously. Yeah. Which...
0: Takes Not his job. fault, maybe, but that's yeah. still... still if we're thinking about how we might feel better about this film. Plus, plus also, I mean, obviously I didn't know this until after the fact, but on the director's commentary of this film, Michelle Gondry says that, There really wasn't any any like much, much warmth between Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet. And although I don't think that's really evident on the screen, maybe it's sort of subconsciously evident, I think. Like there's not, there's not a, I also, I don't, I don't quite 100% believe them as a couple either, I don't think. think I'm only 90% believable. Partly yes.
1: in the writing, though, in some ways. Anyway, anyway. Why, really what do
0: you mean things. it's in the writing, partly? that?
1: Oh, because the I mean, I think we've already talked about this, haven't we? That she's this kind of very... Well, they're very different characters, basically.
0: Yeah. But so I think... But, but partly that's down to how Jim Carrey plays the role, isn't it? So, um, you know, some other character would have would have played some other actor would have played the role slightly okay. differently i think yeah but anyway that's i mean it's not much of a, a gripe really. i don't have any gripe about the story or the direction which i think is variety, fantastic really. yeah
1: it's mm, yeah. fantastic um so the last question is is it art answer as ever you feel fit
0: <laughs> well in our ever-evolving uh, question for me very much so this film this film is art because and it sort of straddles both of the areas under which we've been talking about art so far in the series in that on the one side it very much helps me as a viewer reflect upon my own experiences of relationships my own thoughts about relationships watching you know watching the sort of painful breakdowns that they go through and and thinking and some of the some of the moments which uh, we talked about earlier about you know seeing michelle gondry seeing his own relationships reflected back to him in some mm. of the some of the um the scenes like we said about the one with um, kate winslet in the bookshop mm. i've i feel that i can feel those as well like i i think that some of the performances really brought those sort of things out so uh, is
1: this i've been doing some research oh okay but well so obviously there aren't really any definitions of art shame that because i was thinking damn if i could find out that then all this kind of it'd be really easy to work out let's just move a cat, you know? <laughs> yes, a cat. Um, yeah. but one thing apparently uh, a greek i can't recall said that um art was uh aristotle but, in Poetics. maybe because yeah. a boy um the art should represent nature and the closer it represents nature the better the finer the art is um so does this in this case, does that just represent them, no, not nature as in like you know, outdoors flowers, but just life? Um, human nature. Yeah,
0: I guess is that what we're always looking for? Then you think in don't know a, a reflection of our own human nature.
1: We find that attractive, I think.
0: I mean, I'd say that's what I was that's what I was meaning just then. In that, it reflects back my own thoughts and experiences of of relationships. So therefore. Yeah. Yes, I guess. I guess. I mean, I think that yeah.
1: definitely applies to some other films that we've seen, like um, *Boyhood*, which is
0: and the *Before* trilogy. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, that's the reason we love it is just that it makes you think, oh, that's that's something that I could I can see something I can imagine happening.
0: Or that's, well, always... that's what being that's what being that character's like. That's what living that life is yeah. like. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. So, anyhow, that is just one definition of.
0: of yeah, I mean, it's a, I mean, it do, doesn't always have to. Be that I mean, under the skin, in no way is a reflection of nature.
1: Well, I think we need a different definition for that. But yeah. you, there is obviously no one single definition.
0: No, no. Now, what I was also going to say, though, as far as like the art question goes, here is. I, I just love the artistry of this film in a way, in that all the way through, it, I'm what, and it doesn't take me out of the film to watch it, but I'm I'm just watching Michelle Gondry's directorial flair if you like and i i get a real kick out of feeling like just feeling like what he was probably like on set doing things and being really playful as he was making it and i i think that's a that's a form of that's art in that you're you're feeling the experience of the artist making art so as you're well sharing
1: somehow. the joy in creating yes so somebody's yeah. enjoying creating something and then you're somehow getting a buzz off that
0: you're you're sharing in it and you're also maybe being inspired by it as well as to how you might make things and if you're feeling inspired by that kind of spontaneous spark that someone mm, has yeah, as well. yeah. Okay. which isn't the, which is definitely not true for all films is it i mean if you watch a stanley kubrick film you're you're thinking the poor crew whilst you're watching it or casting crew rather than
1: it doesn't feel like something joyous yeah and if you're watching some yeah by the numbers very because in some ways i am thinking that the definition of what is art it's much easier to define or at least pin down what isn't art for me anyway i suppose again this is going to be the biggest subjective question ever but
0: to so just give us some examples of what you mean by that then of what, what is not isn't art? what is not art yeah
1: um, the film Armageddon. <laughs> okay. Just off top of And,
0: and why is that not art?
1: Um, because it felt, um, like it was, it was made with a kind of eye to, um, making money was the key factor behind the creation of it.
0: Putting loads of current Hollywood stars into it and mm. there's of real action in sort of sheer
1: it. horrific disregard to logic that it has. Um,
0: so no regard for story no
1: regard for story I mean it could be that there's many a film that has a complete disregard or at least a bit of a logical black hole in some small area of it but we forgive it so it's probably
0: well all these factors are in in a film to a greater and lesser degree I suppose aren't they yeah
1: it's I mean one of the things we've talked about films is that you, you think about it afterwards which, as I said, if you think about a human caterpillar, doesn't imply, imply something is necessarily art, but perhaps a complete vacuum of thinking about something. So it's necessary but not sufficient.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: Um, and something like um, Armageddon, I didn't think about at all. Well, no. I suppose I did actually in a slightly angry, Jesus, that was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. um,
0: that's not the kind of thinking we're talking about. But that's though, really. not the kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Some kind of. Um, yeah. So, something that brings you back to a moment in it. And certainly there's some some things that I've thought back to Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind, and yeah. the things just remind you of it, or you just something rather beautiful about something.
0: Do you think it would be, do you think if um you're thinking about whether a film is art, it actually helps to pinpoint moments in a film that feel like artistic moments? Or is that not what it's really about? Is it about a. a artistic creation as a whole
1: i think as a whole i mean otherwise apart from a film i mean i could imagine in some films like um under the skin as you said there were moments in that where you had a just just a very intense visual and audio kind of experience which felt like an art installation moment kind of thing but i think for most films yeah um There's another lovely definition I've got talking about film that we've already talked about. I thought, oh, that's, I like that because I feel it applies to that, which is that um, art is propaganda for the way life should be.
0: Oh, I like that. Who said that?
1: I got it on a YouTube video. (laughs) (laughs) School of Life, I think. Oh, Alan DeBossom then, was it? Yeah. Yeah, but he was... Obviously, probably quoting somebody else, but yeah. not necessarily. so
0: there once more. Art is...
1: Art is propaganda for the way life should be.
0: Okay, yes, I like that. So yeah.
1: I was sort of thinking that made me think of Local Hero and somehow some warm loveliness that I got from that. Although, as we say, this is a kind of dark side to the way that a lot of the people are in that film. But somehow that...
0: Yes, well, if it's, if it's just propaganda for the way you'd like life to be, then... In Local Hero, you might be thinking well, it's, it's like the life I would like to have in a idyllic Scottish village, but that's not what that film's about. Uh, no, I don't
1: think it's, but it, I suppose it's the way that the central character learns that life is not just about money, making money in the oil company, it's, it's he's learning his humanity, and that's the sort of message of the film.
0: Right, so the way life ought to be is an experience where you're gaining those lessons. Yeah. Somewhere. I don't think we've still hit exactly upon what we mean. And God, it's crazy,
1: isn't it? Like we've done this eight, loads, of, like almost loads of episodes. Like six, seven times we've talked about this. Still haven't managed to work it out. It's just crap. Okay.
0: Maybe by the end of the yeah, 12th episode we'll I'm be sure. there. I'm yes. sure we get there. Yes. Okay. Anyway, uh, so I think that wraps I think up. That's pretty much wraps that one up. Yeah, so uh, if you've enjoyed the podcast, if you've got any comments you'd like to um, email to us, you can email us at in bed with at ethancrane.com That's C-R-A-N-E Or if you go to the website ethancrane.com You can find the find the web page And leave comments on there as well
1: We don't do Twitter
0: No <laughs> <laughs> okay. and Otherwise we'll see you for the next podcast Bye-bye. Bye bye